This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I, I believe if something presents itself, uh, uh, we will do the best we can. Uh, part of this trade uh, was the uh, retention uh, by Vancouver of uh, 25% of Bo's cap hit, uh, so that the it was really a uh, uh, a swap with the same cap hit that Bavilia uh, had. Uh, so that there really there was no cap room that came out with this transaction. There is Lou Lamarillo, general manager of the, I almost said New Jersey Devils because Greg Wyshynski is coming on. The New York Islanders, of course, in the Bo Horvat deal yesterday. Whenever I hear Lou Lamarillo speak, uh, I think of Greg Wyshynski, and I think of Greg Wyshynski's impression of Lou Lamarillo <laughs> from the old uh, OG MVSW days. How's it going, Wish? I can't, Era, dude. We... You wrecked. Okay, you 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 wrecked a few people for me. You wrecked Bobby Holik and you wrecked uh-huh. Lula Amarillo, and I'm sure there's more. <laughs> there's sure there's more. My, my favorite thing from yesterday's press conference, by far, the single most Lou thing that he did in that press conference was when he was asked about the Islanders re-signing Bo Horvat, and his answer was, "Era, we hope that Bo is a man of good character." And we hope that uh, that Bo <laughs> appreciates how much we gave up for him. And I'm like, this is this is classic Lou. This is the general manager of the team that acquired a player, literally yeah. being like, "I hope you appreciate what we sacrificed to bring you here, young man." And that should be good enough for you to resign here. Mm-hmm. Don't you know the favor we've just done for you? <laughs> yeah, we've, right, uh, exactly. we've released you from this prison you're at. <laughs> I may oh, come to you good. for a favor one day, Bo. I may come to you asking for a favor. That day yeah. may never come, but maybe that... Does any movie sort of come to mind when we started to talk like yeah. this a little bit? Exactly. Greg, that's why people that are, that are like... That are like and... <laughs> that's why people that are like, did, they, did the Islanders tamper here? I'm like, how can you tamper when the conversation between Lou and the agent is probably like... You know that thing we talked about? The thing about the thing and the thing where he might go to the thing... Like, you can't get them on those charges. Keep it vague. <laughs> there's um, there's no tampering. There is only suggestion. I remember talking to one manager, and I said, like, look, we all know that you guys do this. He's like, no, no, no. But he did say what he would do is, you know, every now and then, you know, I would be, you know, talking to an agent, and I'd say things like, you know, this offseason, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, we could – we could be really looking for, you know, a right shot defenseman, six foot two, <laughs> about two hundred and twenty pounds, maybe played junior hockey with the Red Deer Rebels for five years and was traded <laughs> to Swift Current. We'd we'd probably be looking for <laughs> never saying the name, obviously. Right. But right. just right. Putting it out there. Well, putting I, it out I, I'm, there. That's... I'm of the mind that Lou doesn't make this trade unless he's got a pretty good idea that he can sign Horvat beyond this season. I mean, this is a hell of a bounty to give up for a rental for a team that is lingering on the playoff bubble that has a 12% chance of making the playoffs. Of course, it should be said that Lou highly overrates this roster more than most of us do. So he probably believes it's a solution in the short term and the long term. But, you know, again, like, I, I, I don't think he's making this deal unless he thinks that Horvat's going to be there beyond this season. And if he's not, I got to tell you, man, the most wonderful thing to come out of yesterday is this 
almost immediate conspiracy theory that in the next mm. month, the Islanders will go from 12% to make the playoffs to 2% to make the playoffs. It will become crystal clear that Bo Horvat will not resign with the Islanders beyond this season. And now Lou Lamarillo has the opportunity to pull a little Thomas Vanek at the trade deadline action, retain oh, another geez. 25% of Bo Horvat's salary and then flip him to a, to another contender at the deadline with now 50% of Horvat's cap hit eaten up by two teams. So it's the two-team, three-team trade special, except Lou is the one mm. now flipping the asset at the deadline. I love. There's only like a 10% chance of that happening, but I've, I'm telling you right now, it's not a 0% chance of that happening if the Islanders fall out of the playoff mix and Horvat decides he's not staying there. Um. Yes, but does Bo Horvat not look to you like a, just from a who he is point of view, fit for a Lou Lamarillo team? First of all, he doesn't need a haircut. Second of all, he doesn't need a shave. Third of, third of all, like you look at what this guy has gone through. Like, first of all, Horvat is an old school kind of guy, old school loyalty, play through all of it. You know, his conversation with talking about, you know, as long as I'm here, I'm your guy, like all of it. Like there's a there's a, a an old school respect factor that Horvat carries with him that uh-huh. is, you know, just starch in the collar. For someone like Lou Lamarillo, like when you look around the NHL universe and you pick off players like, yeah, that's a Lamarillo type. That's someone that Lou can really get. Does Horvat not jump to the front of that list? Like when you look at who the person is, not just the player. He does, but the X factor here is unrestricted free agency, and you only get one kick at the can at this, and especially if you're turning 28 and being the beginning of April, 100%. like Horvat is. And and the thing about the Islanders right now, and the real mystery about what that next contract would look like, is that it has to fall somewhere in between Matt Barzell and Anders Lee, doesn't it? It's not going to be above Matt Barzell, is it? I you know I was just talking to Elliot about this in hour one, and he's he's of the mind. Again, we'll see where this thing ends up, but this thing to him feels like eight times eight. So yes, uh, above Barzell right now, but not above Barzell when the new contract kicks in. Correct, and that's and that's the thing. Could he find something even larger on the open market as a one A center? And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, obviously the cap is what it is, but the the thing about Lou and Horvat, like you said, I mean, this basically fixes or at least addresses four problems for the Islanders. One, they need goals. They don't score a lot of them. He scores many of them. He's at 31 in consecutive seasons. He's obviously going to break his career high this year. Uh, Two, their power play is terrible. It's 31st in the league. One Montreal away from being the worst in the league. And so he goes on the power play. He'll make that better. They can't win faceoffs all that well. They're 15th in the league in faceoff percentage. He wins them a lot. But the fourth thing is the most important thing about this acquisition and the future plans of Bo Horvat, which is that ever since John Tavares left, Matt Barzell has not had a running mate. He has not had an equal. He has not had another star on the roster that can come close to his skill set. And this kind of gives them it. Merrick, my thing on Barzell is this. I love the kid. I think he's one of the most personable guys I've met in this league. I think he's got star qualities to him. But ultimately, and maybe my perception is colored uniquely by the fact that he came in as the Pippin to Tavares' Jordan within the context of the Islanders. 
Are the Islanders <laughs> essentially committing years and money to two really good complementary stars without one of them being the guy? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Here, see, here's the thing that I've always wondered about Matt Barzell. I wonder if there was a different style of play with the Islanders, how much more we'd think of him as a superstar. And we'd mm-hmm. look at him because I, 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 I wonder about, like there's another team out there that's going to go through this situation. That's the Anaheim Ducks between Mason McTavish and Trevor Zegras. Like who's going to emerge the number one guy there? Let's say Bo Horvat resigns with the New York Islanders here. Who emerges as the number one center? I tend to think, but this depends on who the coach is, I tend to think that in Anaheim, Mason McTavish ends up the number one center and Zegras ends up number two. If the coaching situation remains the same with the Islanders and the style of play remains the same, I can see Horvat as the number one and then Matthew Barzal as the number two, where Horvat draws the number one assignment and Matt Barzell draws the secondary assignment and frees himself up more offensively because he's got the a ideal, different game than Bo Horvat. The ideal situation, I think, for the Islanders is to treat, in, in that scenario, is to treat Barzell like Leon Dreisaitl and, and have him anchor another line as a center for most of the time, but then don't be afraid to move him up yeah. as... Horvat's wing. Like, I think that's the ideal usage for Matt Barzell. In case of emergency break glass, that's the break glass move. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what uh, Quinville used to do with Jonathan Taves yeah. and Patrick Kane. Yep. Uh-oh, yep. trouble, put them together. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you... It, Uh-oh, trouble, let's get them together. It's interesting that you said the stylistic thing. It made me think of two things, both Devils-related. One, it's the thing that people always used to say about Scott Niedermeyer, right? Like, boundless offensive potential... Uh, if only he wasn't playing the devil style. And two, like, if you flip-flop Jack Hughes and Matt Barzell right now, what is Barzell doing on this Devils team? Is that what you're kind of thinking? Yes, 100% what I'm thinking. With with Lindy Ruff behind the bench, absolutely. That's exactly what yeah. I'm thinking. That's a good question. I mean, the perception might be a lot different from my part if maybe he was hitting numbers that he certainly hasn't hit necessarily during his tenure with the Islanders. But I have the sneaky suspicion that these are two really, really good 1B guys in search of, like, the franchise guy. Okay, let's get ahead of ourselves here. Let's say that Horvat does not re-sign with the Islanders. And, listen, I kind of get the feeling that he's going to re-sign with the Islanders, but let's just see. (laughs) Um, He doesn't re-sign with the Islanders, and he hits the marketplace. For me, I see Detroit Mm -hmm. as the landing spot for him. Do you have a thought on where Horvats could end up should he get to market in the summer? Yeah, there, there's two places. I mean, one one was certainly curious about him, and that was Boston. And, and a lot of that is contingent on what this team looks like next steps, if this is, the fact, the the end for Bergeron and Krejci, right? Like, you know, part of the, the mystery mm-hmm. of David Pasternak is what the Bruins end up looking like for the next four to five years. And not having a, a center above Charlie Coyle on that roster right now, if if those two veterans left is kind of an issue. So that's one interesting spot. The other interesting spot for me, and I have no idea if they have interest in him, and, and I certainly don't know 
I haven't crunched the cap numbers because obviously uh, the cap situation there is a bit of an issue, uh, are the Minnesota Wild, who have been searching for this kind of center in perpetuity, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> like forever. Uh, so, yeah. so that would be another one where if you have a 28-year-old player that has posted back-to-back 30-goal seasons, um, you know, what does that end up looking like? Here's another one. Let me just let me just grab this here. So someone told me this a while ago, and the more that I think about it, the more interested I get in it. We're still a couple of years away from, you know, Leon Dreisaitl's contract finishing up with the Edmonton Oilers. But someone whose opinion I really value, specifically on this issue, said mm-hmm. to me, you know, I wonder about Bo Horvat with Edmonton. I said, why is that? And he said, Dreisaitl, you know, everyone's like, oh, what's Connor going to do? What's Connor going to do? He said, no, watch Dreisaitl. Watch what Dreisaitl does. They're a couple of years away from that contract expiring. Um, if they don't have any success there, does he look for different pastures? And when you have someone like Bo Horvat, A, he'll go. Like, Bo Horvat will go to, as I'm told, any Canadian market. Um, mm. He'll go to Edmonton and he'll sign a long-term contract there. Mm. I know it would be major, major gymnastics to make it happen. But that's an intriguing one. Like if Edmonton doesn't have any playoff success this season and Bo Horvat hits the market in the offseason and we hear whatever about the Oilers, could that make some sense for you? Well, <laughs> define, define we hear whatever about the Oilers. What does that mean in this context? That means if there's no success at all, let's say, like, I think they're going to be fine. They could be tucked away and make the playoffs, but we've seen wheels come off before. Like, if they get undone, if they get undone by goaltending, for example, and again, like, let's say it's a a first round flame out for the Oilers, and they decide, okay, we got to, we got to change this mix here. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, this is off. Could you see Edmonton as a destination for Horvat? I mean, in theory, sure. Um, the dry saddle of it all is, I think, the big, the big mystery because, uh, you know, if you have Connor through 2026, you have Tim through 2025, then you have Hyman and, and Nugent Hopkins uh, for a little bit longer than that. I mean, there's probably a way for it to work under the cap if you, if you think that's the major malfunction in the lineup. But then I think a lot of people would say, is that money better spent on your blue line than, than adding another forward? Mm-hmm. And so that becomes the conundrum. Um, okay. Um, off that page, off the Horvat page here. So there's a, there's a few things now. Uh, we wonder what happens with teams like the Kings and the Hurricanes and the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, the aforementioned Edmonton Oilers as well, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. You mentioned the Minnesota Wild. Who's most intriguing to you here? Like who do you see? You know, you know. In hour one, Elliot and I were were wondering about a player like Pajot, and Elliot said, you know, I could see a fit with the Carolina Hurricanes. First of all, Pajot would be a you know, if you're Rod Brindamore and you think you have a shot at getting you know Pajot, like holy smokes, like that's Rod Brindamore light. Um, but is there right. a intriguing team for Greg Wyshynski out there right now? Now that and maybe it's New Jersey because of Timo Meyer. Is there an intriguing team for you right now, now that Horvat is no longer part of the mix? Well, the, the interesting thing on the Pajot front is, is obviously, like, 
are the Islanders going to keep this deck as stacked as it is right now? Or do they have to start kind of clearing the necessary space for next season to sign Horvat? And and I don't know. I mean, does Lou do a little surgery on this roster now or later or or at all? <laughs> because he clearly at likes all. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing. It's his. Um, it's his roster. It's his roster. It's his roster. His contracts. Yeah. He loves this team. I don't know why. Uh, one team I'm fascinated by is Colorado. Obviously, like you know, they're they're going to get healthy they're, at some point. They're very much in just get in it to win it mode. I think they're definitely going to get in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the strength on the back of Nathan McKinnon alone, they'll get in. And then it, it circles back to the big mystery that was on everybody's mind before the season, which is how do they address second line center? And so Horvat's off the table, if he was ever even on the table for them. Taves is there. The ironic return of Ryan O'Reilly is there if he's healthy. I mean, there are some interesting <laughs> options to yeah. to solve that mystery. Um, one team I'll throw in from left field, and I don't know how they make anything else happen based on what they've already given up in the last year, but the Panthers are nuts. Like, the Panthers are nuts, right? And so you could see hockey trades maybe with one of the Sams. Yeah. Um, you could see a lot of things happening there, but the, the Panthers are, are, are clearly a team that is, you know, around the bubble, not where they want to be, but has already proven to be hyper-aggressive under Bill Zito. And so they're a team that kind of fascinates me insofar as like, okay, the Islanders have made their move. They're one point ahead of the Florida in the standings. Do the Panthers respond in kind? Do they think it's worth it? Where are they in this whole thing? Because you know they'd be a player in a lot of situations. I wonder if, given how much they gave up last season to load up and really go for it, if they look at this season and say, we've already made our big move. Um, We'll see about the Anthony DeClaire situation. But right now, we can't afford to go for it. Like there are just some seasons where you look around and you say, okay, this team going for it, that team going for it, this team going for it. We have a good team, but we're going to have to punt on the idea of trying to make this a great team. Yeah. Well, Even that's why I'm that intrigued. Might really they, hurt we, momentum in the marketplace. They can't trade any 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 futures because they don't have any, right? But like, it, it would be gone, interesting yeah. to see if 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 they truly believe something's off with this mix. If if they got a little aggressive at the trade deadline and they try to make something happen. But the devils of it all is 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 could, really fascinating too because like the devils could easily to think about the Panthers for a second opt for a, a Sam Reinhart instead of a a, a a Timo Meyer if they wanted right like that's that's a pretty I good see player Timo Meyer they're all I, I that's because he's I Swiss just admit it he's Meyer. Swiss no it's not that's where the no, most Swiss I get people it. are okay. if he wasn't on the Devils Siegen he'd be on the, the Predators because he that's sure. what the other Swiss guy is I know. I know Roman Yossi's there. I get it. I know. I know. No, I just think that they want more size. I think we talked about this last week. I think this, they bluntly, I think they want more size up front. I think here's they're a highly a, skilled a team that's looking for some size. Here's a question that's been bugging me, and I'll ask you. If they acquire Timo Meyer, is that a gigantic billboard over the Garden State Parkway, or, or rather the New Jersey Turnpike, because I don't think the Parkway has a lot of uh, billboards, um, that says... This is a move that is insurance in case we can't figure out a path forward with Jesper Bratt. 
Or are they separate? Ooh. I think personally, I think they're separate. I don't think that one's an insurance policy. I don't think this is like the St. Louis Blues grabbing Justin Falk because they weren't sure about Alex Petrangelo. And it turned out, yeah, it's a good thing we bought the insurance. I, I don't see it as that. I, I see them as I see them as two separate things. I really do. And also when you consider that, you know, I just raised the St. Louis example with Falk and Petrangelo. Um, Bratz a restricted free agent. Correct. Not an unrestricted free agent. So I guess that's Correct. that's that's a little bit different. So they still have a modicum of control there with Brad. So I don't I don't see it as I don't see the two as, as completely joined. I still see them as kind of chalk and cheese here. Do you see do you see Meyer as a long term play in Jersey or yes. a rental? Yes. yes, I do. I do. Okay. No, I see him as a long term play. And the other thing that I, th- I think the thing that I think the the thing that you have to think about if you're if you're Timo Meyer, um, with San Jose, there's still going to be a lot of years of pain. There's still going to be a lot of years of losing, um, and you have a chance to go to a team that's on the uptick, like the New Jersey Devils, where you know one's the shady side of the mountain, but this is the sunny side of the mountain. And I think if you're Timo Meyer that you probably at this point in your career maybe cuz the 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 10 the 10 million dollar qualifier is hanging over everyone's head here right i think yeah. if you're a team of Meyer and you find yourself in a situation like new jersey you say okay you know what i'm willing to take less because i'm sick of all the losing and wow. I, I I don't want to do this anymore, and I want to be in a positive environment <laughs> on a team that you're can such... actually compete in the playoffs and for a Stanley Cup. You're such an optimist. Like he has no ties to this team at all. Like he's going to have to move his. You stuff. just told me he, he did. You guys... said all the all the Swiss players are all the Swiss, the Swiss guys. Yeah, he together. knows guys from back home. They can talk about <laughs> Swiss things. I understand. Um, but like you know, he's going to have to move across the country. And I love the idea. I mean, I listen, I inherently yep. want to believe in kayfabe that winning is the most important thing to these guys, but also it's maximizing their earning potential. And he's maneuvered himself into a place where he has a price point that in theory teams are going to have to meet. And oh, so I'm intrigued by this I, listen, notion I don't, of like, I, I don't, I don't backing off of it. No, no, no. I don't think, he, I don't think he's coming. I don't think he's coming in for like, Hey, I'm just happy to win here. I'm going to take two and a quarter. No, I don't. I don't think it's like that. I just don't think that he's married to. Well, my qualifier is ten million, and that's where the contract negotiations will begin. I, I don't. I don't see it as that. that Let me that's ask you a question. I'm saying is, I don't think he's looking. I don't think he's looking for the grand slam if it's if it's in a winning situation. Is Jack Hughes at eight million per the best contract in the NHL? Uh, right, right now, Tage Thompson is the best contract in the NHL until next season. <laughs> and even then, That's he true. might still be the best contract he might still in the be. NHL. That's a good point. Uh, a good point. But I, 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 think, I think Jack Hughes is, is definitely in that ballpark, yes. That's crazy. I mean, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the numbers and seeing where, where Meyer might He's fit. He's so good. I mean, Jack at 8, Nico at 7.25 through 2027. Palat came in at 6 as a free agent. And then Hamilton's at 9. Yeah. And and those are your top through top four guys as far as how much they make. Brat's going to obviously make more, I think, is in the next RFA contract, and then we'll see if they can get him in long term mm-hmm. beyond that. Again, that's what makes me intrigued by this. I I, I think you're you're downplaying the tr- contract weirdness that's happened between Jesper Brat and this team, and it, and it shouldn't because like like it's a great spot for him. 
it's a team on the upswing. They're only going to get better when when Hughes and Nemesh join the blue line. Like they're clearly going to be around in contending for a while. But that being said, like they've had the opportunity to try to get Brad in long term, like they did with Jack and Nico, and they've been unable to for whatever reason. So I, there's a part of me that wonders mm. if bringing in Meyer isn't to 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 make sure. Okay, let's make sure that we have a dynamic scoring winger in case at some point in the next couple of years, we can't figure out a way forward with Brad. Did, did you not think that Brad was maybe not number one, although maybe number one top candidate last year for an offer sheet? Oh, for sure. He for sure was. And, and I think the devils were cognizant of that <laughs> for sure. But he again, didn't, it's a though. weird but dynamic didn't. between but him. But again, his he reps. didn't. No, he didn't. But they never do, Merrick. Come on. Like he, he, okay, like so, so one so, hand. So, but, but hang on. But hang on. I, I I get that. I know. But again, I'll swing back to everybody's favorite discussion point, and that is the Vancouver Canucks. You know, what did we just hear Rutherford talk about before he had the you know shuffle along duties to Patrick Alvine because he kept starting fires every time anyone asked him a question? Um, <laughs> you know, he talked about players in that sweet spot, twenty four, twenty five. These guys don't become available. They got Anthony Bavillier, certainly, and but that's going to be one of those. Let's see if he's closer to you know Shawinigan production than he was with the Islanders. If you're Vancouver and you're sticking with that, we're looking for between 24 and 20, 26 or 25 and 27. How do you not look at Brat and say that could be a target for us here? And wouldn't he look nice playing with Elias Pettersson, whom we're hoping will come in more reasonable than he probably should given the marketplace in Vancouver? So what you're saying is that <laughs> Vancouver gets Brat. The Devils get yeah. Quinn. They unite the Hughes Triforce. <laughs> and then we're all happy. And Heischer comes in to keep all the to keep Siegenthaler and uh, Nico Heischer happy. Yeah, Meyer comes in. Yeah, completely. That makes total sense. There you go. <laughs> And whoever's, put it, put it, and whoever's put it, looking at the put it in EA Sports NHL 23 and see if the trade goes through. <laughs> this is just a Tuesday afternoon. Shoot the breeze, throw it around. Um, okay, so team, listen, I, I I do wonder about you know like we all do where where Timo Meyer ends up here. Um, is there someone out there for you? Maybe someone that everyone's missing on that you're that you're paying attention to. You know, could this player move? Is there because every year there's that you know, and for the last couple of seasons it was like that Anthony Mantha Jacob Verana deal that surprised everybody and stunned. You know, we didn't even know these two were available or anyone that these two teams were talking. Is there a move like that you think that's out there that everyone's missing on? No, I mean, I think, I think most of the names out there are going to be the names that could possibly be in circulation. That goes to the UFAs and that goes to the RFAs. I mean, like, for example, are we sure that DeBrinkett's going to be a senator beyond the season? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Is he in play? Who's to say? Um, he's a restricted, like I, so Ottawa... Yeah, he's restricted. Some, That's what I'm saying. Has, there could be, has, there could has, be has RFA possibilities. Right. Yeah, so... I don't know. I, I, I don't really know if there's anybody off of any of these rosters. Like I said, Florida might be worth a look just to see if one of the Sams move. Um, but other than that, nobody really jumps out at me. Why? You have somebody in mind? 
Um, no, not really. But I, I, I do know there's a there's a lot of teams that are all seem to be looking for the same. Well, you know, here, here here's one for you. I'll I'll okay. I'll throw this name out there, and I know it's not necessarily the uh, the the sexiest name. This isn't you know Jacob Chikrin that I'm that I'm throwing out there. But here's what I wonder about. I think Dallas has a real shot to win the Stanley Cup this year. I think they re- they got a really really good team. Mm-hmm. I really wonder what happens with Radic Faxa, who mm-hmm. when he's healthy and he is is you know sneaky stealth. Selkie Trophy candidate. Yep. If Dallas needs to make cap space mm-hmm. to bring in player X or players X and Y, could they end up moving someone like Radic Faxa? They could. That's someone, Three, again, it, not a huge name. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, but those that know know how good Faxa is. I, I wonder about him. He signed through 2025. Sort of a small no-trade list, yep. I think. I mean, he's, he could be available mm-hmm. if, if they need to create space. I mean, it's 3.25. It's maybe not a chump team, change. Maybe a team, a team that, you know, only wants to do deals with players with term. They don't want rentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that qualifies. He's a, he's a name. He's, cool. he's had silky uh, campaigns in his honor. People know him. Yep, and he's had injuries that have hampered him, and he seems to be healthy right now. And I think that that's like if I were a team and I'd be looking at to uh, you know, and Dallas came calling, that might be one of the names I'm looking at. I do think the trade winds have started blowing though. Like you know, not only because we had the Horvat thing happen last night, but we're starting to get a little bit more separation in in the standings. And the GMs I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks all said the same thing, and and they said the problem right now is that you have teams convinced they're contenders that aren't. Um. So Vancouver knows they're not, <laughs> finally. St. Louis, I think, is starting to really wise up to the fact that they're not. You still have a couple of teams that believe that they are, even though they might not be. I think one of them just made a trade last night. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we're going to start to see a little bit more separation. We're going to start to see teams committing to the bit. And then and then hopefully we'll have a little bit more uh, room. Well, the interesting thing about the Horvat trade for me, though, is like how does that mean the dominoes start falling towards... O'Reilly, if he's healthy, and Taves as as the next options on on this ladder for teams. I, now that, that I wonder Horvath's if Taves, gone, I wonder if Taves, I, I wonder if Taves even goes. You know, I was talking to someone on Saturday who said, "Like, look, what's the marketplace for Taves? Like a third or fourth round pick? Is it oh. worth it for Chicago?" I, I think about this. Is it worth it for Chicago to do that, knowing what that's going to do to you know the fan base? the team reputation, all of it? Or are they better to say, you know what, it's more important for us to have Jonathan Taves for the remainder of the season for our fans than to pick up a third or fourth round pick and say, we traded one of the most important players in the history of this organization for a fourth round pick. But what? That's insane. So you're saying, like, is it better? Will the fans like it better if Chicago holds on to an asset, a rebuilding team, and then gets nothing mm-hmm. for him as he walks away to probably Winnipeg in the offseason, then to just maybe, get maybe, something maybe, yeah, for but, him but, at but the trade but, deadline? A couple of things, too. He doesn't have to go. He's got the hammer here still, too. He does. And here's he does. the other question. Does, does Jonathan Taves, and some players care about this and some players don't, 
Does Jonathan Taves want his hockey DB to be Chicago, 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 <laughs> Colorado? <laughs> Mike Medano knows what this feels like. <laughs> well, well right? okay. So are you are you making the argument that after all this, there's a there's a chance yep. that Taves and Kane are still Blackhawks next year? Not next year. I never said that. But at the remainder, at the at the end of the year, I think there's a chance that they're still Hawks. Yes, because 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 the, the hockey I don't think it's, DB I, is I don't, read... I don't I don't I don't. There's going to be another team on there at some point for Taves, right? I don't know. I don't know what he thinks past this season. Hmm. I really don't. About Taves specifically, I I don't know. Like this Look, is. If we've in... learned anything Again, from some, Matt Sundin, it should be that he bites the bullet. <laughs> He goes to another team. He helps out the team that he served so well for years, and everyone will be very happy with him. Yeah. If he doesn't go, then everybody will be very angry at him. Um, That's what happened with Sundin. Yeah, but the difference is, like, when, when, when Matt Sundin was available and the, the, the trade that, uh, that Fletcher had worked out, that was to Montreal, and that was for big assets coming back, much like they had the Caberlet deal worked out. It was Jeff Carter. I think it might have been two first-round picks, at least one of them. And then there was... Geez, where was McCabe going? I think was McCabe going to Tampa, uh, or was it San Jose? I think Bernier was coming back the other way. Like there were four or five guys, like the Muskoka Five, and there were deals all worked out, and then they all got together and said, "Yeah, we're not going to wave." And I don't know, honestly, wish I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen Cliff Fletcher that angry. <laughs> I really do. And then they all stuck together and said, "Screw it, we're going to we're going to shoot for the playoffs," and they missed. <laughs> I don't know that I've my, ever seen Cliff Fletcher that that irate. My point is that I think I think Blackhawks fans know what Taves is in the year of our Lord 2023, and I think that they inherently want this team to get better, um, although not for the rest of the season, just in the future. And so, if they trade mm-hmm. him for anything, I think they'll they'll understand. Now they could get mad at, at Kyle Davidson and say you should have gotten more than that. But the simple function of trading him at the deadline, I don't think, will be an issue for Blackhawks fans. Doesn't sound like there's much of a marketplace for him, and even on, like on a contending team. And I got it. Just sound like I'm like knocking Jonathan Taves, you know, one of the best players of this this you know this generation. Um, but where does he play on a contending team? It's obviously not first line center, and on a Stanley Cup team, is he even a second line center? I think he could be. I think, I, I mean, again, like, what do they have? Is he an upgrade over Alex Newhook right now in, in Colorado? Of course he is. At this stage. I Plus, he's going to have the, he's going to, he's going to smell the metal of the cup, my friend. He's going to, it's like when Pepe Le Pew would smell a pie on a windowsill and waft over to the pie. <laughs> like, Jonathan Taves will smell the cup. I don't know. And then he'll get superhuman hockey strength and go from being a guy with 28 points in 46 games to a guy with 32 points in 46 games. And it'll be miraculous. Okay, let, let, let me, let me, let me. Let me ask you this. Like, I'm just going to ask you bluntly about this. You know what the tempo and the pace is during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yes. Can Jonathan Taves still hang there? I mean, not, not as well as he Hard used conversation. to. conversation. <laughs> no. <laughs> but 
you have to remember saying. that I don't know the what acquisition the market, of, I, don't, I don't know what the marketplace would be for him. The acquisition it's a difficult conversation because he's so good. He's been so good for so long. Well, he's been so good. He's not so good now. Like, he still wins a lot of face-offs, it should be said. But And that could certainly help a team. And, and, and the you know, 28 points in 46 games ain't great, but it's still 14 goals. Like, he can definitely chip in. Um, but you have to remember that part of this... And it's kind of interesting that both Taves and O'Reilly are both available in the same trade deadline. You know, part of this is the intangible thing. If you're a team, and I, I, I you know, rings in the room, yada, yada, yada. I know it's the usual NHL nonsense, but this is Jonathan Taves yeah. we're talking about here. Like, this is one of the best team captains we've had it, in the last 25 years. He's, he's, he's a guy who's but, been there. He's a guy with a, you know, he has a con Smythe, doesn't he? I think he does, right? Or is he not? Yes, he does. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a Conn Smythe. Yeah, so you have two. O'Reilly and him both yes, have Conn Smythes, both available. Crazy. Um, so it's the intangible thing that a team, like, look, look, for example, I don't think that he really helps the Edmonton Oilers from a, a hockey perspective all that much. But, but couldn't, you, couldn't you use him a little bit if you're the Oilers as a team trying to figure it out? I mean, that's maybe Duncan Keith point, point 2.0, come to think of it. But, like, there are teams out there that could certainly use a little bit of the, the expertise that Jonathan Taves would bring to a, a playoff. I get, I get, you know, I get the he's important for the room and the rebuttal, which is always, yeah, but they don't flood the room. Um, I get that. I just look. I just. I'm just gonna say know. it. I know where we. I know what stations we're on. Could he help the Leafs? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think. I think the. I think the Maple Leafs are are, are fine down the middle. I know what stations. You don't think on. that they could use um, Jonathan Taves getting no. up in the middle of the room before a game seven no. to help exercise the demons before a big game? You don't think they could use that, Merrick? No, I I really don't. I don't. They're gonna go far as far as their big guys cover as, as their big guys and their goaltender takes them. And get up there and say, "I've the beaten deadline. the Lightning." The the, the one I thing, know the way. The one player. <laughs> the one player that I do wonder about with Toronto, and I don't know how they would make this work, cap wise. But I do wonder about Timo Meyer with the Maple Leafs. That's the wow. One. Like if they're taking a if they're taking a big swing, that's the one that I wonder about. Yeah. Again, this Bolster, is like Tuesday afternoon spitball. The, the but that is yeah. that is the one. Yes, yes, that's the one that I wonder about. That's the player that I wonder about. I wonder how the Lightning are going to get Meyer now. <laughs> that's you know to go back to your previous question. That's probably that's the you, answer, right? Like like the Lightning are always that team. Like, for, for example, you, yes. you know they're going to have to find that McDonough replacement at some point before the playoffs. And who is it going to end up being is a question I'd like answered. Hang on. Hang on. If Nashville falls out, is it Ryan McDonough? <laughs> I, I think listen, we all do I, wonder I, about that. Like, if Nashville, if, if, I, if, if Nashville falls out of this thing uh, and all bets are off, like, the two that I think we've all circled are Ryan McDonough and Matthias Ekholm. That's really no? funny. Yeah, it's true. I, I, again, that's why I give the Leafs a puncher's chance in this series that is going to definitely happen because the playoff system is broken and we know who the one of the matchups is going to be in January. <laughs> um, 
at some point, the attrition is going to catch up with the Lightning. You know, they, they, they managed to still make the cup final despite losing the checking line, the Gord line. Um, now they don't have McDonough and they don't have Palat. And those are two guys that had made up, what, at least like 35%, maybe more of the hero moments in their run last year. At some point, the attrition is going to catch yeah. up with them. And I'm, I'm, that's why I give the Leafs a chance in the series. You know, man, I'm I am still stunned too. I, I'm still stunned because how many times at the draft after another Tampa season did we say, "Well, I guess that's it for Alex Kalorn." Well, yeah. I guess they're finally moving on from like how many times <laughs> at the draft did we sat around and said, "Well, where's Kalorn going to be traded to?" It's day one of the draft, and think about the guys who left and everybody else yeah. around them. Tyler, I know Johnson, that's what I'm Blake saying. Coleman, like everybody Martin around Drew, Yanni Gord, Ryan McDonough, Andre Palat. Does 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 Kalorn have, Kalorn have like, <laughs> like blackmail material on ownership. He's just always there. Is I it because he's got the jet he's, skis? He's the survivor. He's the he's the survivor man. I'm telling you, he's a survivor. Um, we got a punt. Uh, I'm going to see you in Florida. You're going. I am leaving tomorrow morning, bright and very early, uh, and it should be a really fun time. Me and Arda have a live edition of our show, The Drop. Uh, that'll be available on ESPN Plus and all of the social channels at 2.30 in the afternoon uh, from the arena on Saturday to set up the All-Star game. So that'll be a lot of fun. I've already got awesome. my costume picked out, got some fun things already uh, in, on the books for that show. So it's going to be a good time. All right, looking forward to that. And uh, I will see you in Florida. I hope you have a new bikini chosen because so do <laughs> I wish I will see you on the beach tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. There he is, Craig Wyshynski from ESPN. Uh, heavy on the clock, got ahead of break, going to come back. Uh, it is time for, after we come back, the random player of the day. Going a little old school with this one, but you're probably used to that by now on this feature. Uh, random player of the day, coming up next. Merrick Show continues. Sportsnet Radio Network, simulcast on 360 and Sportsnet Now.